the first stage is about auditing our leadership mindset. And that is absolutely so essential. We don't even talk about being agile as a leader if we don't even know ourselves in that area. Welcome to Agile Leaders Conversations where executives, business leaders and experts from all sectors come together and share leadership insights around leading in today's workplaces. They will be sharing some tips on how they use the Agile mindset to make sense of the complexities and lead with authenticity and ease. My name is Chen Chen and I'm an author, executive coach for the Fortune 500, a speaker and a facilitator. I specialize in leadership agility, helping organizations and leaders grow the agile mindset so that they can sustain the success in both life and career. And I'm so happy to have you in this episode of Agile Leaders Conversations. In this episode, my guest is Miss May Tak Wong from Malaysia. May is an executive coach and facilitator and prior to that has worked as a leadership consultant, trainer, facilitator and coach with IBM for 10 years where she added value in the areas of employee development, talent management, multicultural effectiveness and leadership development. She has worked with leaders across all levels of leadership in Malaysia and Asia-Pacific and contributed to their career growth and development as leaders. I'm so glad to have May on our show today. May, would you like to say a few words about yourself? Hi, I'm really pleased to be here with you, Chuen Chuen. And as you said, I was with IBM. So yes, I retired from IBM five years ago. And I see that largely, although I have retired, there's so much more that we can still do. At least I know I can still do in terms of helping to focus on enabling and developing leaders. And there is a need out there to do that. Me and I connected over LinkedIn and me got a copy of my leadership agility blueprint where I highlighted five stage framework for leaders to grow the agile mindset using the five inner voices. And in there also three most prevalent paradoxes that are written in my book. So I'm interested to know, May, from your vast experience, what are your thoughts of the Leadership Agility Blueprint? Yeah, as you said, actually, I connected with you even before LinkedIn. It was actually to one of the conferences where you were a speaker. And that was where it triggered my interest to say, gosh, this is interesting. I wonder what this blueprint is all about in terms of helping a person to focus on their leadership agility. When I looked at it, I say, huh, nicely packaged. Uh, and the three stages, the way it's set up, and the three stages that particularly stood up for me, because I am a very much of a structure and framework person, where I found that it was particularly useful is really where you started it from ground up. The ground up, from my perspective, is really foundational because the first stage is about auditing our leadership mindset. And that is absolutely so essential. We don't even talk about being agile as a leader if we don't even know ourselves in that area. It's like essentially taking a, a stock take of our lives. Know our baseline, know what we're aspiring to, 
it would give us a very good clue as in terms of how well we're doing in those areas and what we need to be able to take action on to narrow. So knowing ourselves is very important. The second thing which I found interesting where you shared with us this five inner voices. It's a good use. To me, it worked because it helps me to look at the five personas where it's captain, visionary, agilist, strategist and developer. So for me, I find that anyone will find it very useful in terms of realizing then what are your values, what are your strengths that are related to this persona. And the other thing that helps me realize is that how am I showing up now in this circumstance? How am I engaging as in terms of relating to the world, understanding who I am, my strengths, my skills. And the third thing, this is where I say know yourselves, then identify what a challenge that we have then identify a specific area that we need to develop, which this stage you call what resolve paradox and reimagining ourselves. Yeah, it's about recreating ourselves, right? Because our baseline is here. We want to be a lot better. And when I looked at the three paradoxes that you shared, I thought, huh, yes, of course. Working in IBM, I see this happen so often. I never knew that I looked at it as in terms of the paradox between as a leader, tasks and people, and then also to do with executing and inspiring. Of course, we get paid for results of execution. Inspiring? Who even measures that? We measure execution, we measure the results and everything else. But then again, this is a very important area that we also need to focus on. Yeah. Uh, and, and as I looked over in your blueprint, this is where it clicked in for me because you have this agile mindset game that invites a person to actually look at four different questions through the use of pictures. And because I'm also familiar with phototherapy and using photos, for instance, points of view, that's where I say, yeah, absolutely, because I so believe in it. Why? I know that for myself, I am very much in my head. So the use of pictures actually liberated me from my head and I started to look at things and do things differently because of that. So I say, yep, great use there. I like the way you structure it. Particularly that question, how am I showing up right now? If you look at the five inner voices, which one would be the most prevalent, which voice do I use the most? You are absolutely right. Many of us are very left brain in the head, very logical. We always think about measurements. But to me, the most important voice, personally, my favorite is the captain because I think mastering your emotions, knowing where your emotions are coming from and what are they telling you, coming from a space of values, your strengths, it is highly important for all leaders to master that kind of understanding about themselves. And so what I'm really interested is, given your years working with leaders in IBM and now as an executive coach, what's that paradox in the blueprint that you see as extremely relevant for leaders these days? What I observe, the two paradoxes that are most prevalent is first one, task versus people. And the second thing here is executing versus inspiring. It's not surprising after all. We focus on tasks because managers are paid to achieve results. They are paid to be able to perform. And of course, they don't do everything by themselves. They depend on the team to do that. When push comes to shove, 
and I need to be able to get the job done, then task is overriding. And there's this particular manager who was acting peer-to-peer. It doesn't matter. It could be manager to employee. It's the same thing. This person just went away from holiday and had a wonderful time one week away, first day back at work, and was walking in the office, walking in the lift, and then rushing from behind her is a manager. And seeing her for the first time at work, the first thing he said to her was, how's the hiring coming along? Do you have the ticket for it? And she went, I just came back from my holiday and I feel all good. Suddenly, I feel, why am I back? I feel deflated. It was important for him to get the hiring ticket so that he can actually bring in the right person to get the business. Result, performance-driven, everything. Yeah, it's focused right. It's okay. The paradox here is he failed to recognize that he needs to work through people and people come with emotions. They come with whatever they enter work with. And for her, unfortunately, he probably won't have realized that he has just burst her bubble and she's probably not feeling so positive. I think it's really the approach. We need to tell leaders that both people and tasks are highly important. We are not saying aim lower. We are not saying don't meet deadlines. We still meet those deadlines, make those sometimes unpopular part, but correct decision. But we can soften it with our approach. The way we handle people, the way we are empathetic towards what's coming up for them emotionally because we only get our results through people. And I keep telling, this is one phrase that comes up a lot right now. Be a fellow human being. We are not working with robots. And if employee engagement, employee satisfaction, well-being are topics that leaders out there are very interested in and they want to elevate so-called the index in all these areas, then I think the task versus people is probably one very strong reminder for leaders to take note. How do you put both in focus and make both of them important all at the same time? And just to add on to that, it's not this or that. It is really about both. So here I want to go into this uh, definition of leadership agility. In my blueprint and in my book, I define it this as the ability to navigate complexities and uncertainties with a sense of ease and authenticity. I kept it simple and I'm far more interested in knowing how do you see leadership agility? So leadership agility, when I look at that, right, at the core with the paradox, there is a common element. What is that? The common element here is the self, the leader, and how the leader actually works or interacts with people. And this is where I say, bring it down to where the rubber hits the road. Don't talk about leadership agility. Even earlier where I said, know yourself first. So the key is about knowing yourself and what is happening around me. So you mentioned it's in terms of how do we navigate the complexities and uncertainties and things like that. And I believe that the terminology VUCA is very prevalent now. A lot more people know about that expression, except that I would say that everything that we have now is almost like intensified, magnified, and a lot louder, a lot faster, a lot quicker. It just means that as leaders, we need to be that much more nimble on our feet to be able to do that. I go back to 
how do you know whether you're nimble unless you know yourself? Because if things are thrown at us and we don't really know how nimble and how strong we are within ourselves, then don't talk about agility. You will probably sit and hide it out and wait it out. Or if you're nimble, you pivot. The core here is the individual, is the leader. And the other one is the triggering event. Take, for instance, COVID. This is where I find that what we talk about is even more relevant about knowing ourselves. Because some people can pivot and some people just sit there and say, I can't do anything. Um, we see two things. When people take action because of reaction, they react to it. Or they could take action because they are responding to it. So in taking action is important. The question is, are we reacting? Are we responding? If you're reacting, what is the impact? What are the consequences? It just means that we probably haven't processed it enough to see how we should respond. Back to looking at ourselves, in Leadership Coefficient, we use this, what we call the embodied leadership strength profile that is actually framed on the whole body intelligence, which is the mind, the heart, and then the gut. When we look at that, we are saying that, look, there's so much intelligence in our heart and our gut, and guess what? We are not tapping enough on it. How much knowledge and skills and experience must we have in order to build that cognitive strength when actually in our heart, in our gut, we already been building those and storing those intelligence. Yeah? And with ELSP, we look at nine dimensions, three in the head, three in the heart, three in the gut. And the interesting thing is that when we do the body assessment of the individual, because we actually assess the individual through their strength, their relative strength in each one of the different body poses and power centers, because I said it has a head, the heart, and the gut, then we are able to help them discover what are their preferences. Emphasize that because we are strong in those areas, we act out from that and we don't even know. So let's say the triggering event is all businesses face the COVID challenges, business were affected. Now, if let's say I said nine dimensions and I highlight that three dimensions that a leader is particularly strong in. Number one, leader is strong in taking action. That's great. The leader is also has a high preference for immediately thinking and exploring and saying, what do I need to do? And what are the things that I need to do? And the third dimension that the leader shows strength in is that very quick with ideas. But he has all this strength and it's frustrating him like crazy because the team is not working as fast as him. The team doesn't seem to get it. The team seems to be so holding him back. So the paradox of executing versus inspiring could kick in. Even the paradox of task, get this done, versus people. So all those two paradoxes can come in. And is he going to be very agile to respond to the situation? Unlikely. With a lot of friction, with a lot of resistance, with a lot of conflict, I would suggest. But it doesn't need to be that way. The minute the person is able to recognize where the strengths are and where the person needs to be able to tap into and dial up, like for instance, another dimension we look at is people. So that's when they can bring in and say, okay, fine. I need to slow down now to walk alongside my people, inspire them, and work. 
So that's how I see it, how agility works. It starts with yourself and then focus on others to be able to bring everything to bear. The Embodied Leadership Strengths Profile, the ELSP from Leadership Coefficients, is also something that can work hand-in-hand with the eight paradoxes. It can also work with a concept of leadership agility and it always starts with knowing yourself. Then you will know what inner resource you have. So that's really great to hear how you can connect all these ideas together and see the relevance to your current work. I know that you have a great experience with IBM and I'm wondering this knowing of self, how can that be relevant to women leaders? For women leaders, we can't really say that there is any barriers to a person taking on the leadership. Where I find that is the barrier that is placed by the women themselves. We actually have programs then to look at helping women to be able to speak up and be able to look at how they can take on more active role. Because the other mindset here is that they say, as a woman, that i got to take care of family. Yes, for sure. Having said that, if you look at it, be it in Singapore or Malaysia, I'm not talking about Western countries, uh, because Western countries, we do not have the good fortune of being able to hire helpers. And so this is where, even in spite of that, if people choose not to do something else, then it is really about the mindset. It's really about how they are willing to push It's also what they're telling themselves is perhaps it's also a good excuse where they say, oh, I don't need to do this (laughs) because I have all these things that I need to be responsible for. I think what you say is valid and it is similar to what you said about paradoxes earlier. It's not a this or that. What Mm. if we can help women shift the mindset and say, yes, I have all these responsibilities at home and all these aspirations in the workforce as well. And I think that would change the world of women leadership. Of course, we have good trend data. More women are stepping up. But we think we are quite far from equal. And like what you said and what you pointed out is we can enable the systems and processes in the organization. We can put programs together, but it requires yeah. women to first make the first move to step out and shatter their internal barrier to be able to rise up. Good. So May, I'm really enjoying our conversation. So I'm wondering, what's your advice to leaders, both men and women out there? Know yourself. <laughs> and I want to add to that, know the others as well. It's just not knowing ourselves without knowing the other people. It's like having one half of the equation and we cannot complete it to have the whole desired outcome. I also want to be able to say, it's not just head knowledge and say, ah, know myself. I would also like to share a tip how we can help ourselves to be a lot more alert to what's going on for ourselves. Because knowing ourselves is being about self-aware and alert to it. Most people tend to be a lot more, I know I am because I'm actually paying more attention. I'm more internal focus, not enough in terms of external focus. Now, let me give you an example to actually make sure that we're on the same page when we talk about what I mean by internal focus. This morning, when I was walking up the hill for my morning job, I noticed that I got a little bit irritated because people were in front of me, they were hogging the road And here I am jogging, 
And I want to be able to move at a pace. I don't appreciate being stopped. And on top of that, this is COVID practice, your one meter distancing. And here they are hogging the road and preventing me from moving around. And so you notice the conversation I'm having? They were all largely internal focus. Nothing wrong with that. And this is where I realized if I'm practiced and so natural in thinking, my expectations are not met. This is where things can really be extremely challenging when we work with people. Because the first thing we will notice, for instance, the manager say, hey, you didn't give me your work. Wow. The first thing is me. You have not delivered the work. I am going to be affected. So the thinking then is task, not people. So then I realized, okay, fine. Notice that irritation. Put it away and be curious. I wonder, <laughs> this is like getting the executive brain at work, not the limbic brain that reacts to certain things. And I say, huh, I wonder what is going on with these people? What makes them this way? Why? They, whatever it is, I'm just using that example because then I noticed when I shifted that, I was a lot more forgiving. And I just went into, okay, how do I navigate this? Fine, just do it. <laughs> and that one actually removed the stress from me. And I was a lot more agile and nimble in terms of finding my way around, minus the negative emotions. Yes, a conscious choice to respond instead of react instinctively. You are yes. absolutely right. I think we are wired to be self-centered, right? The universe revolves around us where we are at the center of it. And for leaders, the challenge is how do you maintain a nice balance of being self-centered and other-centered as well? well there's another paradox of self versus system. Know yourself know what is in the system and know how you interact with each other because no man is an idol. I really want to echo that. Leaders, we are only successful when we work through our people and that requires everyone to know yourself and know the people who you work with. Yeah, All right, that's great. It. So I'm sure listeners, viewers right now will be interested to learn more about May. Perhaps the model, the ELSP, the mind, the head, heart and gut. I definitely, I'm going to check that out. And I'll include May's social links in the show notes. So please feel free to reach out to May. I also encourage all of you to grab a copy of Eight Paradoxes of Leadership Agility or the blueprint from my website. It's been a pleasure to speak with you today, May. Thank you so much for being part of Agile Leaders Conference.